Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you like pina coladas, get caught in the rain. If you're not into yoga, if you have half a brain. If you like making love at midnight, in the dunes of the cave. I'm the love that you don't fall. Like to me and escape. What is up, TFA fam? Here today to hit you with a little pro day recap. We know that the NFL Combine not happening this year. The pro day stuff is all spread out. I am joined by three of my dynasty brethren here with Christian, Robbie, and Tom. I would love to get into it. You know, on on the Dino Show, they like to start off with you know a question of the day, question of the week kind of thing. We have a lot to get to. There are a lot more prospects than what I was thinking so let's just jump right into this we're going to start in chronological order going all the way back to march 5th at kansas's pro day we're basically going to try and hit on as many of the fantasy relevant guys that we think that have had their pro days so we're going to start with puka williams running back out of kansas i mean smaller guy came in at 5'9 175 on both of those he is either the 13th percentile or worse but he did have a 96th percentile 40-yard dash. Came in at a 4 3 8, 40. Obviously, speed pays in the NFL. Are any of you guys changing your thoughts on Puka? I am personally not really interested. But again, speed will get you on the field. What Do you, do you guys have anything to say on Puka? Thank God he ran uh, as fast as he did because he's 170 pounds. Like... <laughs> Think, yeah. So, I mean, he had to run that because that's the only thing that he has going for him. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just still out. I mean, he's 25 pounds under what I'd like in a running back. So, um, even that fast forward, it doesn't do it for me. Yeah. In the fourth round, I might take a shot depending right. on my team, but that's, that's the best. I mean, the longest of dart throws. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Nothing for me. Not interested. 
So moving things on to Arkansas running back Rakeem Boyd, he's someone who I was interested in at the outset of this. I uh, kind of took a, a weird route to get to Arkansas, but it's originally committed to Texas A&M. Then when Juco ended up in Arkansas, put up decent numbers, uh, came in at 5'11", 213. We were talking pre-show. He was on Last Chance U. Uh, Christian was talking about how envious he was of all of those muscles. And then he comes out and puts up one, two, six. Yeah, six. Six reps on the bench. I didn't realize you were going to count to six, Cody. My bad. My, my bad there. I, I ruined I, your, your dramatic step to six. I'm Ron Burgundy? No, literally zero, zero, th- z- what is it? Z- zerd percentile? Zero percentile for, for the bench. Um, you know, didn't really do much else, really. 32nd percentile, 40, came in at 4.58. I still think that he plays better than what this testing comes out to be. If he were to, you know, kind of get a Reichwell Armstead-ish kind of draft capital in the, you know, in the fifth, maybe he gets behind a starter who ends up getting injured or something like that. He's someone who I would at least keep an eye on in the NFL draft, but probably not somebody that you have to take even in the fourth, I don't know. I don't even. That's. I don't even know if I'd spend a uh, fourth round pick on him. He's the butler in Scary Movie Two that just offers, "Take my strong hand," <laughs> and just not, not quite there. And I'm glad I got a wheeze from Tom. Yeah, that I have. No, I have never heard the wheeze. This is a treat. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's my that's my comp for uh, Rakeem Boyd. Just to make sure you guys have that down, uh, we can move on. As long as he doesn't put it in my mashed potatoes, we are fine. Moving things on to Clemson, I mean, I really don't think that anything is going to change for any of us with uh, quarterbacks with their pro days. So we're not going to mention Trevor Lawrence. Uh, we are going to move on to Travis Etienne. Surprise some people with his two hundred fifteen pound weigh in. I had a little bit of a rant on this. If you want to check out the uh, the two-hour marathon that we did live on YouTube where we went over some of our rankings, you can go check that out. I won't get into that here. But came in at 215, had a 93rd percentile broad jump at 128 inches. He put up 18 reps on the bench despite not being that chiseled, chiseled guy that Christian is looking for. And then, of course, we know that he's an explosive athlete, ran a 441. 40, which puts him at the 87th percentile. Uh, Christian, I will throw this to you, your thoughts on ETN. And he is also someone that we had a, uh, a little bit of a debate on on that YouTube show. So you can go back and check that out for a little bit of a longer discussion. But Christian, take the floor. Yeah, I think ETN's a stud. I, I don't think he, it matters if he's playing at 200 or at 215. I don't think he's going to play at 215. I think you could look at him that day and clearly tell it was him pulling a uh, James Harden when he was wanting out of Houston, you know, putting on a couple extra pounds there, uh, just beefing up for the occasion. So I think when he's playing, he'll be probably down to 205 or so. And, you know, I, I don't think it matters. I, you know, I think he's an absolute superstar no, no matter what the pro day looked like. Uh, my biggest takeaways from Clemson's pro day, though, were, were – Cornell Powell, man, that guy looked like a Greek god with his shirt off. If y'all haven't seen that, get in there on Twitter. Very, very DK Metcalf esque shot of uh, Cornell Powell out there. And then uh, Amari Rogers taking snaps at running back was was intriguing to me and probably provides the biggest impact in in, in fantasy. If we can see maybe a a Lynn Bowden type situation there, where you know he'll be used in multiple places. So 
one of the more interesting pro days that we've talked about so far. Better than better than the one in Kansas, that's for sure. Talk about the the Greek god a little bit. What about Amari Rogers putting up twenty four on the bench, baby? Let's go. Beast. Yeah, I, I think that was kind of intriguing. And I'll just preface this whole conversation that I personally don't move a lot of these guys based on what they do at their pro day. Um, I think we'll, we'll as we get into this, we'll kind of note that a lot of these times are fast, like extremely fast. I've seen so many four, three nines. Yeah, we, that, we should have prefaced that at the at the top. I'm glad you brought that up. So I, I would take everything that you've seen and, and maybe just add a little bit to it um, because I've, I've honestly never seen so many sub four, four times. This is not even from your, your offensive players, you know, Micah Parsons and, and some of these cornerbacks, they're all just every single cornerbacks ran sub four, four. So uh, just take that with a grain of salt. We're going to talk about it. We're going to take it in, but maybe add a little bit to some of those times. If it was at the combine, I think it'd be a little bit lower. Yeah, so Travis Etienne running a four four one at a fat two fifteen should be noted. Uh, that four four one, he plays faster than that. Um, <laughs> yeah, two fifteen, he's not going to play at that weight. Like we said, he's probably going to be two hundred five or so. So that four four one goes down. So just kind of keep that in mind if you're looking around and say, "I wish I thought he would have run faster." Yeah, he he probably would have, but you know he came in a little fat so to speak if you want to say it but it, he's not really but yeah he's not gonna play there if you guys want to check out amari rogers uh christian did a really nice profile on him on the youtube channel if you want to go over and check that out uh christian do you have any thoughts on just cornell powell as a player and not as a model unfortunately i do not i need to look more into him i i know he's a either a four or a five-year player i don't know if he registered his freshman year or not but he you know, he was an older player there at Clemson and really came on this year with the injury to Ross. Yeah. Um, that's the extent of what I know about him. I haven't dove into his film to really, you know, give you good analysis on him. But I, I, that picture on Twitter was insane. I had no idea he was he was that stacked kind of a dude, you know. So maybe I should uh, look into him. Like I said, he was productive this year with Trevor and, you know, but I, I haven't really seen him projected high. So I have not done my due diligence on him. I know a friend of the pod, J Mike at J Mike Check on Twitter is a is a fan of Cornell Powell. Uh, came in at six foot two hundred four, had a sixty third percentile vert, a eighty ninth percentile broad jump, forty uh, yard dash, ran a four five one. So again, you would need to adjust those times. So probably more like a a mid four five than the four five one, but still fine for for his size. Um, but somebody who you know probably looking to take in the in the fourth or so round. Amari Rogers four times as strong as Raheem Boyd. Who knew? <laughs> we got our first wide receiver coming here with Tariq Black, who obviously was at Michigan, then transferred to Texas. Measuring at six three two seventeen, had a really impressive pro day. 40-inch vert, 11-foot long jump, a 4.5340, a 4.26 agility, and a 6.93 three-cone. So obviously someone who, you know, Michigan is not known for putting out uh, a lot of production, specifically at the wide, wide receiver position. Uh, are, are you guys just basically looking him, looking at uh, Tariq Black as, a, as like a fourth-round dart throw? Did uh, obviously, these numbers jump out to to most of us, um, and he takes on Tariq Black. I think he falls in that UDFA uh, for for Dynasty. Uh, there's a ton of wide receivers, right, Cody, in, in this draft, and, and 
it just pushes everybody farther back. And that was a name that you've heard before. So I think there is some Debbie recognition with three black, but outside of that, um, a long dark throw. Let's see what the draft capital is. I mean, I like his size. I mean, you six three, two seventeen, forty inch vert. I mean, the guy. There's clearly an athletic profile there, but I mean, like Robbie said, I, I mean, he he's going to be undrafted in most of your dynasty leagues, so not really on my radar for fantasy purposes. Good point with Robbie bringing up the uh, the Devi aspect to it is you know people probably aren't going to talk about him unless they were in Devi leagues because right now you just don't know who he is. He's a nobody unless you're in a Debbie league. So you're going to see some biases there, just dart throws, but that's all he is. He's a dart throw. Moving on to another dart throw wide receiver, this time a small school guy, wide receiver Jonathan Adams out of Arkansas State, came in at 6'2", 214. Uh, we were expecting a better 40 out of him, but at his pro day ran that 4.59, puts him at the 16th percentile. His short shuttle, 19th percentile, three cone, 33rd percentile. But – them hops though 39th uh 39 inch vertical puts him in the 87th percentile and 137 inch broad jump puts him at 96 so one of one of these small school guys who has continually produced uh basically just a a fourth round guys for you guys yeah we're gonna have a lot of dart throw wide receivers that we talk about and this is what i'm kind of intrigued on uh Cody, I think you were in the chat with Dwight where this guy pops off against Kent State, just dominates them, three touchdowns, eight receptions. I think he had like 200 yards. And I was like, who the hell is this guy? Just a random game I'm watching. And now we see him finally, you know, uh, get to his pro day. And you're right. He's not a speed guy. That's not his thing. He is a contested catch, uh, can jump through the roof, big bodied guy. And I think that has a role uh, in the NFL. He might be seventh round UDFA kind of guy. Um, but, but again, we saw Auden Tate get, get some snaps uh, and he's kind of similar, slower guy can jump through the roof, huge catch radius. So um, I'm, I'm about uh, this guy as a late dart throw more than some of the other names we've talked about. Moving things down on to, and I'm so glad this happened. I'm so glad that this, this hype has officially stopped. Oklahoma running back Ramondre Stevenson. Everyone's talking about him because he's dude. He's like two hundred and eighty-three pounds, and like you look at oh, what's he doing? Came in at six foot two thirty and has that super fast, just absolutely blazing four six three forty. Puts him in the forty in the uh, in the seventeenth percentile. Uh, Christian, do you have any any interest in Mister Ramondre Stevenson? I wouldn't say it's interest, but I, I do have him as running back 10 in this class just because a- after that top nine for me, it just gets into like a wasteland where most of the guys are 5'8". So I, I feel his size at least, you know, separates him from the, the, the smaller backs that exist in that, you know, 10 to 16 range in our rankings. So I'm more willing to take a shot on him than just another small back in this draft class that's littered with a lot of them. Off my board. He, f- he feels like the uh, Michigan State guy that came out a couple of years ago. I, I'm, I'm blanking on the name, but we were kind of kind of trying to get excited about him, and then he just runs a horrendous oh, yeah. 40. Who is that Michigan State guy? But, yeah, he, he's just uh, another guy that has size, has some elusiveness for his size. I'll give him that, but the athleticism is just going to end it for me there. He's a guy I'm not touching. Tom, thoughts on Ramondre? 
No, I, I have meant at 10 as well. So, I mean, by, by default, maybe... correct. Huh? By default. Yeah, pretty much. So, fourth round, maybe at best. Boom. I will be completely honest, and I think I can speak for the for for the other three of us here. Georgia Tech wide receiver Jalen Camp literally have not heard his name brought up at all in in this process whatsoever. Uh, I couldn't tell you anything about his production profile. I don't know if he has one catch to his name, um, but scrolling through these results, six two two twenty six, gotta like that. A vertical in the 90th percentile, a broad jump in the 76th percentile, a 100th percentile bench with 30 reps, and again, 6'2", 226, ran a 4'4", had a 4'1", short shuttle, and a, a 37th percentile three cone. So literally everything up until that point is like just absolutely jumps off the page. He's someone who I'm going to absolutely have to go back and see if I can find any tape on. Like I said, I have not heard his name at all. I don't know if you guys have like seen like even a snap of his, but like those, like those numbers really jump off. That's, that's nice and all Cody, but I think you just glazed over the story coming out of Georgia tech's pro day. Presley Harvin, the third punter, 511 263 baby this guy is tearing up pro day with his punts i am so pumped for the punter groups and the punter stands out there i mean seriously guys this guy is like that that kicker at the d3 school that is just uh just punting the ball uh through the uprights so uh, i I'm, I'm looking forward to the punter rankings coming out from tfa here for the 2021 class he even did eight more reps than uh, rakeem boyd on the bench <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I glazed over him because Penn State fans will remember this name, and that is Joey Julius. Joey J, who was our kicker who came in at 270 pounds. So that didn't even phase me as a punter. So that's why I just completely glossed over him. Shout out to big Joey J. Let's not uh, forget here that Tennessee is punter you, baby. We have four punters in the NFL. All right. So. That's what it's all about right here. The fact that you know that is more depressing for you than <laughs> anyone else should ever know. Hey, you know, we're not winning national championships or nothing right now, but we're putting punters in the league. Somebody's got to do it. it. You have to have some claim to fame, I, I, I suppose. So another dart throw wide receiver. This is going to be a big theme in all of our dynasty rookie drafts because of this group being so deep. Uh, we have a, a wide receiver coming out of Illinois who came in at 6'1", 223, had a 100th percentile vert. Tom, you got to hit us with a pronunciation on this one. All right. We all know I'm really good at pronunciation, so we're going to go with Josh Imaturba. <laughs> Fire. He is he is actually distant cousins to Mario, so that that is why his name is actually pronounced that way. If you type it into Google, that is what comes up under the uh, the Google Translator. But if you look into his story a little bit more, I think he was a uh, pretty highly touted uh, recruit uh, prospect coming into college. Was at USC, wasn't getting on the field, had some injuries, ended up at Illinois, and he's one of these guys who flashes. Like I said, six one two twenty three. 
has that size speed combo and obviously can jump out of the building with having that 100th percentile vertical. Uh, somebody who also has some speed, we're going to move on to Auburn wide receiver, Anthony Schwartz, uh, only coming in at six foot 186. But if you were looking at him, you're looking at him because of this. And that is at four, two, six, 40 coming in in the 99th percentile. Uh, Christian, any thoughts on Anthony Schwartz? Yeah, that, that four, two, six was actually disappointing. Um, Anthony Schwartz oh. is a, absolutely. Anthony Schwartz is a, uh, Olympic, uh, sprinter on the you know, United States Olympic team. Um, this dude was, was thought to possibly put up like a four, one, eight or something like that. Um, what? I need to look it up, but yeah, his, his 100 is one of the best there is. It's a two nine nine. His 100. Yeah. His, I looked it up. 10.07100. So he's out there just running with Marquise Goodwin. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 10.07100 on this guy. But he, he's not a wide receiver. I mean, he's literally just an Olympic class sprinter. I mean, this guy can't track a ball in the air. You know, there's no route tree. I mean, this dude, <laughs> he pulls a forest. This jump. took there's, a turn. This yeah, took a turn. When did we start talking about Chuba Hubbard? I thought we were talking about someone. Well, I know a lot about Anthony Schwartz because, you know, I follow Tennessee and he he burned us for a deep touchdown. So, um, like many people do. So, I'm going to let you keep the floor then. We're going to go to uh, Seth Williams, came in at 6'3, 211. Both of those numbers in the uh, 72nd percentile or higher. Had a 70th percentile vert at 37 inches and also a 70th percentile broad, 124, and then ran a pretty solid uh, 40 for his time. It was only the 48th percentile, but when you adjust it for his, uh, for his size and his weight, again, 6'3", 211, ran a 4'5", 40. What are your thoughts on Seth Williams, Mr. S-E-C? Well, man, I love his size. I mean, 6'3", 211. Um, you know, that that's the same size as my boy Terrace Marshall, except the only difference is Terrace Marshall's great at football and Seth Williams is average at football. So that's that's Jesus. what separates them for me. You know, <laughs> I love the size, but he's just a guy, you know, the definition of just a guy. Yikes. Well, we are contractually obligated here at TFA to bring up Stanford wide receiver Semi Fahoko. Fahiko. Fahiko. That was actually a Google translator uh, bringing that in. That was not Tom. But he came in 6'3", 222. Again, not, uh, one another of these uh, size speed guys. Uh, 96 percentile hands. So hand Twitter is absolutely going wild for this guy. Had a 120-inch broad jump. Put up 16 reps on, uh, on the bench, which was 10 more than Rakeem Boyd. Had a 4'4'2". 40. So again, 6'3", 222, had that 4'4", 40. And then he also had a, a pretty solid three cone as well at 6'8", 6'66th percentile. Uh, I'm not sure if any of you guys have watched him yet, but these numbers do not line up with the tape for me at least. I mean, if we're talking about a fourth round dart throw, that's fine, but I would not overrate these numbers compared to what I saw to him on the field of Stanford. Yeah, I, again, and we're going to say this a lot. I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's going to come down to for a lot of these day three 
UDFA wide receivers. What's that landing spot? What's that draft capital? And I think he's just another guy that, that's in that mix. So if he doesn't have the draft capital, I'm probably not taking a second look, to be honest with you. Moving things on to somebody who is going to be potentially at the end of the first, depending on if it's a, a 1QB or a Superflex League. You're looking at the end of the first, beginning of the second, depending on draft capital. But that is Memphis running back Kenneth Gainwell. The biggest question with him coming into this process was just going to be his size. Obviously, we saw what he did, had that 2,000-yard season at Memphis last year, I guess two years ago, depending on how you're viewing this, because he opted out this year because of COVID. But absolutely electric on the field. Weighed in. He did weigh in at 201, correct? I'm not making that up. So uh, that's interesting that you asked that because I've seen 195, but I've also seen people talking that he hit the 200 mark, and I've only yeah, seen I, 195. I yeah, PFF so I, has 195, but I, yeah. I did see on Twitter I that could, he hit yeah, 200. Yeah, because it's one. People have said 200, but I like, – I saw 202 earlier. Well, Tom, that's not a good yeah. thing, so stop. <laughs> The most yeah, like important Russell, thing Russell. I think for Gainwell was that he got the the forty, you know, to the four four that you know we were hoping for him. So, you know, I don't think he lost stock at all. I mean, his numbers aren't overly impressive, but he he ran fast enough for for what we wanted him. Yeah, I think Kenny Gainwell, regardless of what he he weighed in at, we've seen conflicting views of one ninety five or two hundred one. I think he showed that he doesn't have really red flags, and I think that's what I was looking for from this. Again, to, to reiterate, I don't take a ton away from these measurement days. I'm not adjusting guys super high or super low based on what they run, weigh in, whatnot. But I will adjust a little bit for red flag, weights, heights, speed kind of things. Um, and, and he didn't have any red flags. So I, I think this was a win for Kenny Gainwell, and he actually kind of moved closer. He's my running back five, but he moved, moved closer to running back four in Michael Carter. Christian, does it matter to you whether or not Gainwell was 195 or 201? I don't think it's a huge deal in Gainwell's case. Like I said, I look at him mainly as a receiving back. You know, if he's if he becomes more than that, that's great. But a reason I'm in on Gainwell is I think that that you know uh, the receiving skill that he has at least provides a floor. So as long as he's performing in the four fours, you know, he's pretty much there in like the 50 percentiles and everything else, just middle of the road on everything else. As long as he's maintaining that speed with the pass catching ability, I knows he ha- I know he has. He'll he'll provide what I need him to on my teams. Moving things on to someone else who I have never heard of, but the the numbers are popping off the the screen at me. Kawan Baker out of South Alabama, wide receiver, six one two ten, had a ninetieth percentile vertical, ninety first percentile broad, and had a mid four four forty. So even if you adjust that up to like a four five. Still at that size uh, and and that height and that weight, coming in and having th- that explosiveness and that speed, maybe someone just to, to keep an eye on for you know what kind of draft capital he gets or if he ends up landing somewhere where he can move up a uh, move up a depth chart. Someone else who I am excited about, I know Tom is excited about as well. Tamorian Terry at Florida State again, another one of these size speed guys. Uh, if he would have come out last year, I think we were talking about someone who's going to be, you know, guaranteed second round draft capital ends up coming back uh, this year and, you know, has kind of just fallen off of everyone's mind. Came in at six, two and a half, 207 pounds, uh, ran a four, four, 40 at that size as well. Um, 
I know for me anyway, he's someone who shows a bunch of flashes and then will have like three really good plays in a row and then just drop one that hits him literally straight in the chest. I've also noticed whenever he's going over the middle of the field, he like tends to alligator arm some of it as if he's afraid of getting hit. And with that, with his uh, height and weight, really doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but he's someone, if he can put it all together, I'm really excited about. Um, Iowa has a couple of receivers who I've seen popping up on Twitter a bunch. One is Amir Smith Marset, uh, six foot and a half, 181 pounds, ran a 443. Iowa tends to be one of those schools where it's like, all right, they're not going to put up a bunch of production, could be better pros than college players. What up, George Kittle? Not saying he's going to have that kind of impact, but 70th percentile vertical, 70th percentile broad jump, uh, 74th percentile 40-yard dash, and then a 100th percentile 10-yard split in that uh, in that 40. So he's another guy you need to keep your eye on. Brandon Smith is the other guy, a little bit bigger, doesn't have the the uh, the speed to go with it, but 6'2", 218, ran a 4 six. 40 there. So just another couple of names to, to keep an eye on just to really see where these, where these guys land. We are also contractually obligated to mention anyone here on the TFA airwaves coming out of Mizzou that is even semi relevant. And that is running back Larry Roundtree. If you were following along with the senior bowl stuff, he's someone who was popping up a bunch. He came in at 510, 211. So kind of what the, you know, the the prototypical, I guess, new age, modern running back is kind of coming in at that 210, 215 range. Uh, had a 4.6240, so not great. He did have a pretty solid three cone at his size coming in at sub seven seconds. Uh, I will let you guys talk here for a little bit. Have any of you gotten any eyes on Larry Roundtree? Because I have not yet. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm familiar with him. Obviously, I mean, Missouri's in Tennessee's division, so I've seen him play. And I mean, he's a tremendous college player. Um, he kind of reminds me of when Benny Snell was at Kentucky. You know, just a just a you know completely solid guy that that's really carrying that team. You know, so I, I like Roundtree as a college player, but you know his his numbers are, are just very mediocre across the board as far as this this pro day and everything goes. So I don't think he he translates as an NFL prospect that greatly, but. Tremendous college player at Missouri. I'm sure Kevin's been a fan of him the past couple of years. I, I thought you opened this up with relevant Mizzou players, and, and then you kind of didn't mention relevant players. I mean, we haven't seen a – For Mizzou's bar. He's right. Relevant. I mean, if, if their bar of relevant is Jeremy Macklin, fair, fair. Jeremy Macklin will we'll give some props. Uh, Larry Roundtree, next. <laughs> You're welcome, Kev. Hey, I, I actually said something nice about Roundtree. Moving oh, things I don't, on. Kev doesn't play Dynasty. Like, I don't, I don't even know how I can have a conversation with him. Like, Christian. Yes, sir. Welcome to the family. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Purdue, moving things on. We, we do not have all night to go over this. Again, we, we did a, a two-hour live marathon pod on this already. But Rondell Moore, he's been the talk of Twitter. We'll spend a little bit longer on him just because, you know, he has been such a uh, hot button topic over the past couple of days. But obviously, coming in at 5'7, first percentile, 180 pounds, ninth percentile. But could I interest you in 99th percentile vert, 99th percentile bench, 98th percentile 40? and a 92nd percentile three cone. I will just say this. My 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 whole issue with this whole thing is even if he were 5'9", he would still be a little bit of an outlier. I know, Robbie, that's kind of been like like your point of like at what point do we start questioning it and like do we like really fall off from him. But if, you, if we're looking at literally everything else other than his height – we're all in on him. We we loved him. We thought he was five nine, and he comes in two inches of height shorter. And now all of a sudden, everyone is just throwing the papers up in the air and just, well, I don't know if I can draft him. He's five seven. I thought he was five nine. That's all I'm going to say. I will give you guys the floor. You guys can talk about Rondell Moore, and then I will load up the next guy. I'll, I'll take first swing here and let them uh, kind of go whatever way they might after my comments. So, yeah, you're kind of right, right? Rondell Moore, we have reasons to be excited. When he gets the ball in his hand, he is electric. Um, he is absolutely a guy that um, can move in space, um, has good acceleration, right? All these things. But if we talk about full route tree, no. Down the field um, prowess, no. Uh, touchdown maker, no. Injury history, yes. You know, I think we've built a kind of case of where we're kind of ha- we have some questions with him, and then on top of that, now you're telling me he's not five nine. Where I've seen five nine guys have success down the field. It's something you can you can produce at the NFL level. Um, now he's five seven, so we're moving more towards the uh, Tavon Austin, more towards the West Welker role, where they are not going down the field. They are more behind the line of scrimmage, at the line of scrimmage type of guys. I think that's where. I've now, I, I try not to be a sizist. I really do. But at a certain point, I have to say, this is a huge outlier. You, you just said one percentile. And that's where I kind of get a little concerned about uh, Rondell Moore's profile because we already have multiple questions. 
you know, where we have some questions. And then on top of that, he has to beat an entire outlier one percentile situation. So I'm, I'm, I honestly, I did. I moved him down my board a little bit. Um, once I dive into some of these guys on a second review, I might move him down more. So this honestly did affect me a little bit. Curious what Christian's thoughts are on that. I feel like his pro day was the least surprising of anybody's as far as the actual performance. That you know, I wasn't expecting him to be five seven. Um, I was expecting him to be five nine, maybe five eight three quarters. Um, so the five seven was surprising. But I mean, I mean, I knew going into this pro day that Rondell Moore was going to be short and that he was going to be an absolute freak athletically. Um, that's what we've known about Rondell Moore for years. But you know, for me, I mean, people are either. I've seen people moving Rondell Moore up their boards because of the four two nine forty and the vertical, and then I hear people like Robbie bringing him down because of the height. But for me, the 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 pro day shouldn't matter to your valuation of Rondell Moore whatsoever because we've known he's short, we've known he's a freak athlete, like we've known this for years. This is exactly who Rondell Moore is. If he's moving down your board, it's because he's a one trick pony. I mean, all he does is catch screens. As Robbie mentioned, he has no route tree. Um, he has the third lowest a dot the past five years in all of college football at five point eight. So, I mean, this guy literally does nothing that's not catching a screen. So, I, I mean, I think that's the concern with him going into the league, not the fact that he's short and an athletic freak because we knew that already. Can I push back real quick on that? No. We, knew he, we knew he was short. Did we know he was that short? Like, it, seriously, here's, a, here's the question. I think, Cody, you brought it up. My argument is at what's, what point do we do we take that into consideration? If he measured in at 5'6", at five, five, you know, is there a certain point where you guys are like, well, that is kind of short. We've never really never seen other than Trendon holiday be successful. You, you kind of see where I'm going. Like at what point would you guys say, well, we knew he was short, but I didn't know he was that short. For me, that height difference, if it was going to do anything would, would mean less slot routes and more work in the backfield. And for me, because I, I focus so much on, on the, the history he has with his low a dot, I think that's how he's going to be used anyway. You know, I, so for me, it doesn't really change how I envisioned him in the NFL. I mean, his whole life is behind the line of scrimmage, and at 5'7", that's not going to make much of a difference. You know, um, running routes, it will make a lot of a difference. And I've heard a lot of people bring up how strong his vertical is. You know, his vertical's, you know, six inches better than most people that are taller than him. So they're actually the same height. And I just don't buy into that because it's not like he's going to be launching full height on a jump every single time he's catching a pass. So I absolutely think that's going to affect him in the passing game. And he may be, you know, moved to a running back type position where he's doing almost all of his work exclusively out of the backfield. Tom, you have been uncharacteristically <laughs> quiet. Uh, give us some Rondell Moore thoughts and then we'll move things on. So I just, you know, two smart guys going at each other. I'm not going to like get in the way. It's perfectly fine. But I, I mean, Rondale, yeah, he came in a five, seven. That's alarming. I'm not going to lie. So he's going to be completely scheme dependent as, especially like in fantasy drafts, that's going to determine if he goes like, you know, early in the second or late in the second, maybe even the third. So I, I love Rondale. I love the talent. We can talk about the vert. We can talk about everything else. I'm a tape guy more than I am an analytics guy. But everything is so alarming with it, with his height, especially in the, in the NFL, because that's how they – they're not just going to throw a 5'7 guy out there and, and make him run go routes all the time, even though he can run a 4'29 or 4'27 or whatever the hell it is. So we, we need to see him go to a scheme that is going to use him correctly and – you know what? If he gets six touches a game, is that enough? Because I, 
I don't think it is necessarily, but he's got to get more than that. So you're talking about him being like a running back in, in a running back mold. I, he's not a running back, um, but he's got to be used out of the backfield sweeps, like jet sweeps. He's got to get like manufactured touches a lot like Kurt, Curtis Samuel does. Uh, so if he goes to one offense where we see him do that, then that's perfectly fine. And he's going to live up to whatever he's drafted at, but it's going to be tough for him. As much as I like him a lot, he's got to fall in some rankings. Where do you think that ends up for you, though? Because I think if he lands in that right situation, what is that ceiling? Like, I'm worried that we see more of a Dexter McCluster, a Tavon Austin type of player where I didn't want those guys on my fantasy team. So for him, he's got more talent, more on more on tape, I think. So you're looking at 201, 202 in that to that 206 range. That's like the worst. Like if he's at 206, I'm just smashing it. 202, I'm having conversation as far as like need, like what my dynasty team needs. I've got him wide receiver six currently, and I and I won't move him lower than wide receiver eight. I'm considering bumping Elijah Moore and Tylen Wallace above him, but I won't move him past there just because the ceiling does exist. I mean, if, if he hits and lands in the right spot, this dude is the best player on the field every time he's ever stepped on the field. So, I mean, there, there's just an immense ceiling with him to where I won't move him down too far, but other prospects that I consider to be very strong, I, I'm, I'm willing to bump them over him because of some of these concerns. Yeah, for for me, like I said, it was it was always about the uh, the, the landing spot. We we could honestly end up going, you know, in circles round for round for for a half hour on on Rondell Moore. But we're going to try and keep this a little bit shorter. Try and wrap things up here shortly. Uh, moving on to someone who, again, I have never heard of, and I don't even know how to pronounce his name but running back out of iowa state if you play uh debbie you know Brees hall i did not know there was another iowa state running back uh kenne nwangu nwangu i i'm i'm sure i just butchered that but someone just to throw out because we we should always be looking at guys especially in the fourth round fifth round of our, our our rookie drafts who have that athletic profile i literally don't know if he's ever had a carry at Iowa State, but six foot two twelve, so checks the uh, checks the size box. Uh, one hundred twenty five inch broad jump, eighty seventh percentile. Ran a four two nine forty. Even if you want to adjust that, still going to be a mid four three guy. Uh, a a ninety fourth percentile three cone. So I'm going to be keeping an eye out for for him. And if uh, if you need a spell check on that last name N W A N G. W U someone that you will be drafting out of the running back position, Mississippi state running back Kylan Hill came in at 510 214, kind of what he's been listed at uh, for, for collegiate purposes. The, the whole time had a 68th percentile vertical 72nd percentile broad jump, put up 22 reps on the bench, 70s. Fifth percentile and a four five one forty. For me, none of this is really all that surprising. Like I think he is a good but not great athlete. I think he's he, he's good enough to be uh, fantasy relevant. I'm I'm excited to see where he lands and what kind of draft capital he gets. 
do any of you guys have any thoughts on Kylan Hill? Because he's someone who I keep kind of going between in like that four, five, six range for me personally in my running back ranks. Yeah, I think he's he's kind of that later guy um, that I want to take a swing on. Cody, I know you're a little bit higher on him, but he is he has shown that he can catch passes out of the backfield. We saw that in the three games he played this last year um, before leaving for the season. And and I think when you're looking at later backs, I always want somebody who can catch the football because I want to see how can you get on the field? How can you produce for a fantasy team? And I think that's what Kylan Hill does well. He doesn't do it as well as Gainwell, probably doesn't do it as well as ETN, but I think he's right there with Michael Carter as one of the guys who can catch the football. And, and he's not, there's no red flags with his size, right? You can catch the football and you have good size. And so seeing this, I think kind of uh, moves him up a little bit for me as a guy that if he can, if he can get maybe a fourth round, fifth round draft capital and, and land in the right spot, I'm, I'm pretty excited about him. Tom pop off. I like Kylan. So if I'm going to just throw out the James Robinson award, like this dude will be obviously drafted, but it's going to be Kylan. The, the guy I like later on is going to be Kylan just because things that uh, Robbie mentioned, he's got better hands for a back of his size than, you know, I think he's going to get credit for. He's very physical and he was really highly rated before this year and COVID hit and, you know, everybody went down for the most part, but I, I like Kylan a lot. So uh, I'll take some swings at him in the second or third, like late second, early third. That's where I'm probably going to wind up drafting him. Uh, but he's a guy where if he goes to like a Pittsburgh or even Seattle, even though Carson went back, like that's those are offenses where I think he's going to be able to succeed. Christian, your your thoughts? Are you with with Tom on late second, early third dynasty value? Yeah, I, I like Hill. Uh, for me, Jamar Jefferson's the guy I like in that range to be the the James Robinson of this year over Hill. But uh, Hill's the next guy for me, right after him. So. I like Hill as a prospect and could easily see him um, outperforming where he's being drafted currently. Christian, we're going to keep it on you since you are Mr. SEC. Tell me about uh, South Carolina wide receiver Shai Smith. He's someone who I like. Uh, another one of these, you know, there are a bunch of these guys in this year's draft, but one of these slot receivers who can, you know, definitely make a difference came in at 5'9, 186. But the thing that's uh, intriguing to me, along with his style of play, ran that 4-4-3-40 in the 74th percentile. And then that three cone, which I really like, at 6-8-3 in the 71st percentile. Uh, any thoughts on Shy Smith? Again, similar to what I said about Roundtree earlier. I mean, this guy is just a great college player, but I don't know that it's going to transition to the league very well. Um, he stepped in and uh, right after Debo Samuel left to go to the NFL, and, and he really – you know, filled his shoes just fine. I mean, if you ask any South Carolina fan, they'll they'll tell you that Shy Smith, you know, stepped in and and you know they didn't miss a beat as far as that goes. But he's he's not Debo Samuel as far as a prospect goes. I mean, he's a small guy. You know, I mean, the forty's good, but it, I mean, to be as small as he is, he's not doing things like what we're, we're talking about with Rondell Moore. So for me, he's he's just a small guy that you know had a good college career, but that's that's going to be about it. I, I would add in terms of chin strap beards, he is the 101 uh, of this class. Uh, Cody, you you do slide in uh, in the top three there, but he he just edges you out with a solid chin strap beard. 
I would not say that I have a chin strap. I would, if there is a Guinness Book of World Record for the longest uh, sideburns, I think I have that because my shit does not actually connect. <laughs> like it, it just, it runs super long. And then I have that little landing strip of where it does not connect. But we we're getting off the rails. Uh, Tom, I know you need to go. So, real quick, tell me about Amonra St. Brown out of USC. 511197 has a 83rd percentile vertical, 85th percentile broad jump, put up 20 reps on the bench. Uh, he might be the good St. Brown who is hitting the league, has the 45140, 75th percentile, three cone. So, your thoughts on Amonra St. Brown? He's Jordan Matthews at best, in my opinion. Son of a bitch. Go on. Robbie, go ahead. That's what I got. That That's what I see when I see him. Sterling Shepard, maybe? Hmm? Nah. Hmm? Not as twitchy. Tw- twitchy? At all. Okay. We're not, we're twitchy's not saying... a word, Kev. Well, Sterling Shepard, come on now. Here, here Here's the, the I'm on St. Brown kind of middle ground uh, thought process. I think he's really good at what he does. He is a slot wide receiver that is going to be able to soak up targets, get open, get separation, uh, bring the ball in and get yardage. I do not think he is great. And I do not think he is bad. He is just your, your really good slot wide receiver. And I think that's okay. You don't have to be great with a high ceiling or bad with low ceiling. Like we've seen Hunter Renfro break out. And I think he's much better than Hunter Renfro, a better athlete. And, and we've seen Hunter Renfro have some fantasy values. So I think he is just a good slot player. You should be able to take him in your your third round, hopefully late second at, at the um, at the best. So, yeah, those, those are my thoughts. Christian, coming back to you. Speaking of slot receivers, someone that you had mentioned earlier about moving ahead of Rondell Moore, and that is Elijah Moore. Uh, came in at five five nine one seventy eight. Had that ninety third percentile forty yard dash, ninety sixth percentile short shuttle and a 93rd percentile three cone. So one of these guys who literally, as far as an athletic profile goes, does everything that you want to see out of someone who's going to be operating out of the slot in that short to intermediate range. So what do you like about Elijah Moore? What's there not to like about Elijah Moore? I mean, he's a smaller guy. I mean, he's 5'9", 185. But again, in the SEC, this guy was putting up just insane analytics. I mean, 91st percentile college dominator, 45.5%. 19.4 breakout age, 35.2% college target share. And this is at Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin. And, you know, I mean, Lane Kiffin pumps people into the NFL and Ole Miss pumps wide receivers into the NFL. So, I mean, this guy's got a great offensive mind coaching him, a school that's consistently, you know, provided his position to the league. And, I mean, I I, I honestly am – I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm moving him ahead of Rondell Moore in my rankings. I'm close Ooh. on it today. Um, I, I really think that he's going to provide what we're wanting Rondell to perform in the league. And I mean, he's not as explosive of an athlete, but he's more efficient of an athlete and, and he's got a better route tree. And, you know, the, the, the numbers that he put up in the best conference in the country is just, you know, it's impressive. So uh, the pro day he put up today too. I mean, he, he validated all of that. So I think he's building some nice stock. I mean, I would not be, be surprised to see him go, in the second round of the NFL draft, maybe even higher than that, depending on, you know, how the next week shakes out with the reaction from his pro day. But he's somebody who I think their stock is on the rise. And uh, I think he's going to be a good NFL player. The grape juice. God has spoken more over more. Uh, I'm all about it. 
Yeah, I, I'm going to just quickly echo some of those thoughts. It, what, what I like about uh, Elijah Moore is that he, he's continually risen up boards, and I think he's having this kind of – I don't know if it's a late peak or a mid, mid-draft mid process peak, but he's definitely climbing up there. And I would not be surprised if we see a top 50 draft pick uh, for Elijah Moore. So I'm excited to see where he lands. So moving on to another one of these fourth-round wide receiver home run dart throws. Moving on to North Texas wide receiver Jalen Darden, came in at 5'8", 174, put up 11 reps on the bench, had a 54th percentile broad jump, ran a uh, a disappointing 4'4", Not that that's slow by any means, but again, someone who is 5'8", 174, and whenever you watch him, he definitely had he definitely plays faster than four four speed. He kind of you know uh, in dumb and dumber fashion totally redeemed himself with a with a really nice short shuttle and the ninety seventh percentile coming in at at a sub four second short shuttle and then ran the devil's three cone at six 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 came in at the ninety third percentile. Tom, I know you have not watched Darden yet. Um, I I like him as one of these dart throws. Like I said, I think he plays faster than what this shows uh, for his pro day. I think all but three or four teams showed up to check him out. Uh, Robbie, Christian, curious to see what your thoughts are on him as we uh, look to wrap this pot up. I mean, he's a, he's worth a late dart throw. I mean, I, I didn't know much about him until I watched the, this awesome profile on him that the Fantasy Authority put out the other day. And uh, I definitely think he's worth a a late dart throw now. I mean, there's some there's some sneaky athleticism there, and you know, he could be worth a late pickup. Jobby. I think I think what's hurting Jalen Darden is he has those FCS timers, right? We we have the FBS timers that are stopping these clocks at four three nine, and he's just down there at North Texas, and, and the guys just aren't hitting the uh, the stopper uh, quite at the right moment, so. No, I do think he plays faster than what we saw from a 40 time. You know, I'm really excited for for him. He's He's been rising from a UDFA to probably going to be an early day three guy. I think there's a lot of teams that are excited to add him from a special teams perspective. I don't know how much he gives you for fantasy, but if he's on special teams, he's getting snaps. I think that keeps him on rosters. And he's an intriguing guy um, with that acceleration and burst. Christian, I'm going to come right back to you for your squad, someone who was making some noise at the Senior Bowl, and that is wide receiver Josh Palmer coming out of Tennessee. 6'1", 210, so checks the uh, the size boxes there. Uh, 70th percentile broad jump, 4'5", 140, puts him in the 42nd percentile, but again, at that size, that is a uh, that, that is more than a good enough 40 for him, and then had the sub-7-second three cones. So tell us a little bit about Josh Palmer. So Josh Palmer, as you mentioned, uh, showed well at the senior bowl. He caught a touchdown down there. I love Josh Palmer. Um, We've been really shitty the past few years here at Tennessee, and he's been our most consistent wide receiver. Um, So none of the numbers are going to jump off the chart, um, but at Tennessee, he had a 26% dominator, which is, you know, as good as it gets for playing for Tennessee. Um, He's 6'1", 210, so decent size. Um, but he's just consistent. You know, he's a four-year player. He's been, you know, either our top or, or number two receiver for the past three seasons as far as total yards goes. So I, I, don't, I don't know that he's going to get drafted. If he is, it'll be, he'll be a, you know, sixth-round, seventh-round pick in my opinion. Um, I did hear Kuyper and McShay giving him some buzz after the Senior Bowl, so we'll see if he can get some draft capital. 
but he's not as good as Marquez Callaway that played at Tennessee, and Marquez is struggling to really find a, a spot that he can keep in the league right now. So seeing what Marquez Callaway is dealing with right now, trying to keep that spot with the Saints, knowing how he is compared to Palmer, I just don't see Palmer finding a spot in the league if Marquez Callaway can't, you know, at least get himself a number three role solidified. So to wrap things up, uh, another, again, another one of these small kind of slot shifty wide receivers, Dwayne Eskridge coming out of Western Michigan, another senior bowl standout, 5'9", 190, 70th percentile broad jump at 124 inches, ran that sub 4440. So again, even if you adjust it, you're still looking at a uh, at a mid to low 4-4, 89th percentile for Dwayne Eskridge. He was someone who like really jumped up after the the Senior Bowl. A lot of people were talking about him, a lot of buzz. And then like before even the Senior Bowl ended, that died off really uh, really quickly. Andrew Hawbar did a uh, a profile on him on our YouTube channel. If you want to check that out and get the full picture on him. But uh, Robbie, any any thoughts, any interest on Mr. Dwayne Eskridge, the next coming for the Broncos? Yeah, I think he's a guy that I need to dive in a little deeper. Obviously, with a deep wide receiver class, it takes a while. Like, shout out to everybody who goes through all of the positions for NFL mocks because that is insane. I'm barely at wide receiver, like 15. So um, he's a guy I checked out. I've done a couple tapes on him, but I need to uh, continue to dive in and see where I land on him fully. Um, But, yeah, we we talk about the Senior Bowl. He was a Senior Bowl standout. Um, I think he has that speed that, that you want. So, and he has experience, you know, taking over for Corey Davis after he left Western Michigan. So, yeah, I am interested. I need to dive in a little bit further, but this is an intriguing uh, pro day. And, and let's see uh, how he can rise up the boards here before the draft. Yeah. So, these are the kind of guys I'm going to draft in the fourth round where it's all upside. And if they don't pan out, it was a fourth round pick. That is going to wrap things up for part one of the Pro Day recap. We will be doing another one of these as these Pro Days are going to last into the middle of April. So whatever podcast platform you guys are listening on, we'd really appreciate a subscribe if you're checking us out for the first time. Drop a comment. Leave us a rate and review as well. Let us know what we can improve on. Uh, We really appreciate any feedback, even if it is a three-star review telling us that we use the F word too much. So until next time, check out all the content we have on on the website, on the YouTube, and on the Twitter. And bye. I have to rip my door out and put it in. So let's fucking go. I feel like that's code for something. It's not the back door, sir. It's Mm. literally the front door. Oh. I'll show you. I'll send you pictures. Replacing your penis? I'll show you. I literally have an erection for nine straight hours. Dude. Can you not see it? Yeah, I can see it. Can you not not read? I I know you're from Tennessee, but I thought you could fucking read. Jesus Christ. (laughs) You live in Pennsylvania. Isn't that like Amish capital of the world? You making your own butter at your freaking house over there? Come on now. Bro, I will churn your ass, son. (laughs) What is that? What is that? Ketchup? (laughs) Ketchup and onion.
taste it. Mm, I can taste it now. On my mm-hmm. tongue. Mm-hmm. Now the tuxedos seem kind of fucked up. <laughs> I think I can help with the pan pan. <laughs> okay. Okay. Seven and a half beer uh, ABP. Let's All go. Right. <clears throat> the, the, the D is silent. Oh, there's two M. <laughs> Lick the white dog shit, Robbie. Oh my god, is that Del Doback? <laughs> I got a tummy full of white dog poo. Now you're, <laughs> you're going like It's this. Shark Week. It's All Shark right. Week. Three, two, one. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.